everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk. This morning we are, we are going to finish up our series in Philippians. If you brought your Bibles, it's a good time to take them out. If you didn't bring your Bibles, there are Bibles in the back uh, and also on the sides. So feel free to get up and grab a Bible. I actually don't want you to open it just yet. Just hold it for a second. As we finish up Philippians, we get to see Paul's final words to the people at Philippi. If you've missed any of the last few weeks, you can feel free to catch up with those on our website. Um, And I'll give you just a brief background. Uh, Those messages will give you a more in-depth look at Philippi and, and Paul and what was happening at that time. But what I want you to remember is the people living at this time the the small church that Paul sent this letter to, they were living in a pretty tumultuous time. So it wasn't, there wasn't peace around them. So not only were they living in an environment occupied by Rome, and Rome was not Christian, so they were not in a place where the government was so excited that you're going to go to church and love Jesus, they were polytheistic, many gods, and in fact persecuted those who chose to believe in only one God. So the people receiving Paul's letter were being persecuted on the outside, and then within their ranks, there were people telling them, you have to do this and you have to do that. So the legalists were all in their ears. Uh, So there were just lots of external Lots of external anxiety, right? They were not living in a time of peace, nor are we. So we can relate to what Paul is saying to them, he says to us as well today. So just keep that in mind as we do read. And for Paul's final words today, because as you leave today, honestly, you won't remember most of what I say. But what I hope you remember, one thing, as we look at Paul's final words and what he's trying to communicate, I think, is the answer to this question, how can we be a people of peace in the midst of all the tumultuousness inside of us and outside of us? How can we be a people of peace? I want to leave you with one simple thought. I'll I'll give you the thought now, and we'll end with this thought so that you can take it with you. But what I want you to think about is breathing. So if you remember nothing else, remember this, breathe. Right? So what I want you to do actually is we're going to take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. So just do that with me. Do it one more time. Breathe. And In addition to the word breathe, what I want you to picture, and this picture actually does help you, what I want you to realize, Paul's going to use this phrase, Christ in you, Christ in me. I want you to think of it as your breath. So we breathe usually without thinking about it at all. We just breathe. And what Paul's communicating here is you can actually be more aware of your breath as if Jesus was in you, and he is. So we're going to think about Jesus, 
breathing in us, being in us. So with every breath, we breathe him in, we breathe him out. He's always with us. He's always in us. So today, instead of opening your Bibles, normally we stand, we open our Bibles, and we read together. This morning, what I want you to do is stand, but leave your Bible, actually open it to Philippians, because you'll want to go there in a second. Philippians chapter 4, it's the final chapter. Uh, Open it up, but leave it open on your chair, and then stand up with me. Do something a little different today. Shake it up. And what we're going to do is you're actually going to close your eyes. Don't do it yet. Um, And as I read, what I want you to focus on is your breath. Just notice it. Just be aware that you are breathing. And you can breathe however you like. You can breathe slow, slow, breathe however you want. But just be aware and notice that you are breathing. And as I read, I want you to just realize or try to be aware what hits you the most. A word, a phrase, an idea as I read, something I believe is going to just spark in you and just hold on to that. So so go ahead and close your eyes. I'm going to be reading Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9, and we stand in honor of God's holy word, a blessing to us. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate and gentle in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Amen. You can go ahead and sit down and feel free to grab your Bibles now. The end of Philippians, Paul's final words to us, it doesn't get more clear than what he said, so there's probably not much that I can teach you from this. 
But what I will do first is just give you a quick summary of, of what Paul is saying. So quick summary. What's Paul saying? He's saying rejoice. Be gentle. Be thankful. Think truth and goodness. And put Christ-likeness into practice. Now, if you can do all of those things, you'll probably be able to answer the question, how can we be a people of peace? Because you'll be able to do it all. But that is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult. With all of the fear and all of the anxiety, depression, and it's all real. It's very hard to do all of those things. And yet Paul is saying, try. And he's saying it to people who are suffering and whose anxiety will never go away. Our circumstances will remain in a place of anxiety and fear. He's not telling his people, hey, look, the persecution will stop, right? And your friends, eventually they're going to get it and they'll stop being legalists. That's not what Paul is saying. He's saying, hey, this really stinks, And your circumstances, he never says they're going to change. He just says, in the midst of your circumstances, this is what I highly recommend that you try. Be thankful, rejoice, and all of those things. So if we look up at verse 4, we'll just go through, do a little bit of explaining, and then we'll apply this to our lives. So rejoice. I want to sit for a minute on verse 5 where it talks about let everyone see that you're considerate. That word is also gentle. could also mean yielding. So what Paul is trying to communicate, and actually this word in the Greek form, it is super hard to translate. If you speak another language, you know that there are some words in the other language that you just cannot find the English word for. So this is one of those words. Um, What it means is be yielding, be kind, be forbearing to even your enemies. So Paul's saying to these people, even to the Romans, yield. Step back. Be gentle. Pay your taxes to Caesar. Yield. He's not saying fight, be rude, be mean, post something awful on Facebook. That was not part of my plan to say that. Sorry. Be gentle. Be a gentle person and yield. Step back. In order to do that, you really have to breathe, right? Has someone ever said something to you and you just want to fire off in anger, right? But in order to be gentle, you have to breathe. Be gentle. Be kind. Verse 6. Don't worry about anything. That is a hard one. Don't worry. I just want a quick say that anxiety, that is legit. And it's prevalent and it's very, very difficult. What Paul's saying to them is, it's real. I understand. And his solution, Paul's advice to them is fight that worry with prayer. So anytime the worry comes, Fight it with a prayer back. So you might be breathing in some anxiety, but you breathe out, help me God. Or whatever prayer you come up with, breathe out the prayer. Breathe it in, breathe it out. Moving forward in verse 7, we start to see the word peace, God's peace. 
And we see the word peace again at the end in verse 9. And I want to sit for a moment. Actually, I'll do that one last. Let's sit with, in verse 7, in Christ. Here's where I want to land for a little while. Because I think that this is a pretty hard concept to figure out. Like, what do you mean Christ is in me? So where I want to take you is actually, these are Paul's final words to the Philippians, but I want to take you to Jesus' final words. And you're going to be amazed to see this connection um, that Paul and Jesus have. Um, But uh, turn with me to John chapter 16 and 17. If you've got the NLT with you, it's page 1130. It's... Chapter 16, verse 33. Actually, we'll start with chapter 17, verse 20. Chapter 17, verse 20. I love this. This is so cool. So literally, these are Jesus's last words. After he says this, then they go off, Jesus and the disciples, and Judas betrays him in the garden. So here's Jesus's last words. We're going to do verse 20 to 24. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, so God in Jesus, I am in you, and may they be in us. So he's talking to us, all the people who will believe because of the disciples, may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them, that's us, the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. So Jesus is flat out telling you, I am in you just in case you doubted. It's very clear. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these, that's us, whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. What I love about this too, um, so actually, it's just really clear. Jesus is in you. That's what I was trying to communicate. He is. We know, um, and you can investigate on your own how the Holy Spirit works, but he's in you, inside of you. You really can pray and hear and listen um, and feel and sense the presence of Jesus inside of you. But what I also love about this, what it communicates, is an idea of peace. So we're going to head here. This is our last part about peace um, and what Paul's saying. So Paul mentions God's peace and the peace of God. Um, God of peace, peace of God, all of it. It's a complete circle. God of peace, peace of God. It's a complete circle. When we think of peace, peace means completion, It's a completion. So in the Old Testament, you'll see the word shalom, and you've heard that it means peace, but it really means to be complete. So peace is not just the absence of war. It is the presence of reconciliation and love. Peace, right? It's not just 
the absence of, uh, I'll use an example. I was driving to church this morning and I passed on the way St. Matt's and St. Matt's, the two churches over there. Uh, and I have in the past really struggled with competition with them. Like, oh, they're bigger. Oh, this is better. Oh, I get all competitive. So for me, as I passed, this was amazing. It did not come from me. All of a sudden, I burst out into prayer for them that the Holy Spirit would fall that they would all fall on their knees in this incredible peace and blessing of the Holy Spirit, and that if it happens to them and not to us, so be it. May they be blessed. And that's the first time I ever felt that peace. And why was it peace for me? Because I had finally come full circle. It was not just because I stopped berating them. I stopped competing with them. I just ignored them. Um, but peace is not the absence of them, right? Peace was to come full circle and say, Lord, bless those churches. Pour out your spirit, let your spirit fall, and may it be so, even if it doesn't happen here, right? That's peace is completion. So what is Jesus doing here? He's coming back full circle from the beginning of time. This is how he ends it. As you did before time ever began, Jesus was with God. And now he's coming full circle to go back to the father and to bring us all with him. Finally, the reconciliation is happening, right? When Adam was when it started right back in Genesis and actually I have to go back there because I'm going to pull breath into it. You don't have to go here, but I will. Genesis. Chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. And because God is the God of peace, and there's peace of God, he breathed peace into man. So yes, we can have peace. It is possible because it is the very breath that God has given us. I don't know if this is true or not, but I was at a pool party yesterday, and I was talking with my friend, and she was like, so what are you going to talk about tomorrow? And I was like, oh, I'm going to be talking about breath and breathing. And she's like, do you know what I just heard? I just heard that when a baby is born, oh, Maria's here. She delivers babies. Um, so she's going to do an experiment for me. She said, I just heard that when a baby's born, their first cry is the sound Yahweh. Um, and we don't actually know how to pronounce that. We lost that long ago. The ability to pronounce Yahweh, we don't know. But she said she heard that the first sound a baby makes is a cry to God. Because that baby was created and it's God's very breath coming into that baby. And he cry or she cries out, Yahweh. So Maria, next baby, you let us know if you hear it. <laughs> Yahweh. But I like to think it's true because it's so sweet. Because we are all living, breathing creations of God himself and Jesus is in us. How cool is that? So cool. Peace. All right, so John chapter 16, we're still going on this word peace. Paul mentions it to us twice. Um, so verse 16, uh, or chapter 16, verse 33 of John says this, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome 
the world. So I just wanted to speak that truth into you. I heard an awesome message by Tim Keller. God rest his soul. Um, it was so good. And he was saying, he was actually teaching on this very passage, so I was trying to copy him because I had nothing. Um, and what he said was, you know what, we, we expect peace. We expect our circumstances and our world around us to be at peace. We expect that our political environment will be peaceful. We expect that the people around us will be peaceful and that everything will work out our way. But that's not what the Philippians thought. They thought, I expect fear and anxiety and chaos. And I expect my government will never be at peace. They were living with a completely different mindset. So when we, I think it's harder for us because when we think that we can actually find peace in our external circumstances, we are highly disappointed. If we had a different expectation that, hey, peace on the outside isn't possible, we might be a little more easily, readily available to say, okay, God, I need the peace inside. It has to come from the inside because it is not going to come from the outside. Peace. The peace of God. So to sum up Paul's final words to us, how can we be people of peace? He gives you wonderful advice. He does. And honestly, my advice to you would be, as we close up Philippians, would be to go home and read the entire letter all in one chunk and just see what God sparks in your mind, in your heart, because Paul gives so much good stuff. And so if I'm going to sum up what Paul is saying, what Philippians is saying to us, definitely the word rejoice has to be in there. Philippians is a book of joy. But the second thing and the final thing that I want you to take with you and that I feel like Paul is really saying is breathe. Breathe. Jesus is so close to you. He's like the breath in your lungs. Breathe. I'll share a story with you, something I stumbled on, and I love it. It's, this, it's a, a story, it's true, uh, about a man named Albert Benjamin Simpson. He was born in the 1800s, late 1800s, and he actually became the founder of what is now the Christian Missionary Alliance, and they call him one of the fathers of the Pentecostal movement. Um, and so he, what happened with him was he was healed of a heart condition, experienced the Holy Spirit, and said, hey, this is real, this is legit, started what is now the Pentecostal movement. Uh, and you can read more about him if you are curious. Seems like a really, uh, seems like a really great person. But I wanted to share you uh, part of his story, and he wrote this himself, uh, and I want to read it to you. But this is his story of how he learned to just breathe. And, oh, the language is from the 1800s, uh, so you're going to hear Holy Ghost, which we no longer use, but it's Holy Spirit. A score of years ago, a friend placed in my hand a book called True Peace. I would love to read that. I'm, like, curious if somebody has this, like, ah, True Peace. Okay, so it was an old medieval message, and it had but one thought only that God was waiting in the depths of my being to talk to me. If only I would get still enough to hear his voice. So now you're going to hear the struggle, the struggle that he had to just sit and to breathe and be still enough to hear God. 
I thought this would be a very easy matter. And so I began to get still. But I had no sooner commenced than a perfect pandemonium of voices reached my ears. A thousand clamoring notes from within and without until I could hear nothing but their noise and their din. Some were my own voices, my own questions, some my very prayers. Others were suggestions of the tempter and the voices from the world's turmoil. In every direction, I was pulled and pushed and greeted with noisy acclamations and unspeakable unrest. It seemed necessary for me to listen to some of them and to answer some of them, but God said, be still and know that I am God. Then came the conflict of thoughts for tomorrow and its duties and its cares, but God still said, be still. And as I listened, I slowly learned to obey and shut my ears to every sound And I found after a while that when the other voices ceased or I ceased to hear them, there was a still small voice in the depths of my being that began to speak with an inexpressible tenderness, power, and comfort. As I listened, it became to me the voice of prayer, the voice of wisdom, the voice of duty, and I did not need to think so hard or pray so hard or trust so hard, but that still small voice of the Holy Spirit in my heart was God's prayer. In my secret soul, it was God's answer to all my questions. It was God's life and strength for soul and body and became the substance of all knowledge and all prayer and all blessing. For it was the living God himself as my life and my all. That was his story of learning to be still. As I was reading that, it made me think about another aspect of peace that we find difficult. And surprisingly, I didn't read this to you, but if you look at Philippians 4, right before the passage I read to you, there's these two small verses. They talk about Iodia and Syntyche, and they're in conflict. They're these two women from the church, uh, and they're just in deep conflict. And Paul is saying, please, work it out. Work it out. And so I was thinking also about the peace between human relationships is that it's not just the absence of that person or the absence of the conflict. You can't just turn around and walk away and say, I'm at peace, I've turned around. For Paul, what he's telling them is you have to come back full circle, come back together, and find some resolution, even if it is, I'm sorry, we can't be friends, but I hear you and you hear me, find some resolution and some peace so that you can come full circle to that peace. Uh, And there's way more we can get into with that. It can really help to have a mediator. Uh, But I didn't want to leave this morning without addressing that because that can be a really deep hurt and can definitely hinder us from hearing God's voice if we're just so worked up about a conflict we have with someone else. All right, so um, I want you to, to leave you with something that Albert Benjamin Simpson said, and it'll go up on the screen for you so you can see it too. But he kind of, um, he just really hits the, the point for me about Christ in us. 
So he says this. Then, uh, this is in his book called Walking with the Spirit from 1889. Then is fulfilled the double promise of Ezekiel. A new heart I will give unto you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will put my spirit within you, and will cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Henceforth, we live in the spirit in a higher sense than even before our conversion. Our life is not only spiritual, but divine. Henceforth, it is not we who live, but Christ who liveth in us. And we draw from him through the Holy Ghost every moment, life and health and joy and peace. It is not living through the spirit, but living in the spirit. He is the very element of our new existence before us, behind us, above us, beneath us, within us, beyond us. We are buried in him, lost in him, encompassed by him as by the air we breathe. This is the yet higher mystery of the new life, greater than the new birth. This is the secret which Paul declares was hid for ages and generations, but now made manifest to his saints. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. I'd like you to take a deep breath with me. And as we breathe in, what I want you to say in your mind is, Jesus, you are close. And as you breathe out, so close to me. Jesus, you are close, so close to me. So do that with me. Jesus, you are close, so close to me. And then you can say, Jesus, you are in me, deep within me. Breathe in, breathe out. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.